The following is audio from the Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about the Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. So this morning's going to be a little different um, because kind of kind of like a parade. It's easy for Christmas to be or Easter to be you know times that we celebrate. And and it just becomes so unspecial, as special as it should be. I mean, it is absolutely incredible, the Christmas story. Um, so I'm going to do something special. You know, God gave his son Jesus, so I, I couldn't give that gift, okay? Um, okay, that was a joke. I just... <laughs> I thought it was heresy or something. Um, so my gift this morning is hopefully we come to the end and we say, that's Jesus in a way that maybe is fresh as we understand maybe a little bit better how amazing his gift is. So I'm going to do it in, in three ways. I'm not going to preach like I normally would. We're going to read Isaiah 53, or I'm going to read it. You're going to listen uh, from the Message Bible, which makes it kind of fresh. Um, I'm going to read it a couple of times because the first time you're going to probably tune out and really not pay attention. So I'm going to read it twice, hopefully, so we can get it because it really graphically describes this birth and life of this person, Jesus. And then I'm going to tell a kind of a true story uh, that helps us hopefully to identify with the life of Jesus. And then I'm going to... um, we're going to do a song. So um, Isaiah 53, if you'd follow along with me. It starts out by saying, who believes what we've heard and seeing? And it's almost like who can, as Isaiah writes, thinking about what he's going to write here, it's like he says, I can't even believe uh, what, I'm, what I'm hearing. Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this. We have such a a distorted view of power, right? Often, don't we? And Isaiah says, who would have thought that God's saving power would look like this? The servant, and the servant is looking ahead to Jesus who would come, the Messiah, the promised king. So you say, Jesus, and this is looking ahead to his his birth and his life. He grew up before God, a scrawny seedling, a scrubby plant in a parched field. What a way to describe the savior of the world, huh? But that's how he came. There was nothing attractive about him. Nothing to cause us to to take a second look. He was looked down on and passed over. A man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. It's often the opposite of what what somebody important, <laughs> royalty. I mean, it's like trying to avoid all these things. But one look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him and we thought he was scum, the promised king of kings. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. 
But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him, our sins. He took the punishment and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. We're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've, done, we've all done our own thing, gone our own way, and God has piled our sins, everything we've done, ever done wrong on him, on him. Isn't that amazing? Okay, now, since when I'm reading a book, this is what I do. I start reading, and then if you're like me, your mind wanders, right? So since I'm knowing that you're not superior to me, you're like me, your mind's wandered while you were reading also. And so we're going to read it again. I really want you to pay attention because this is the story of the promised Messiah. Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? He grew up before God, a scrawny seedling, a scrubby plant in a parched field. I mean, that's not how you describe a promised king, right? He grew up a stately Douglas fir, right? A towering redwood. No. There was nothing attractive about him. Nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on and passed over. See, he didn't win the cute baby contest. He wasn't chosen most likely to succeed or Mr. Popularity. He was looked down on and passed over. A man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. And one look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him and thought he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures, but it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him, our sins, so that when he would hang on the cross, after identifying and experiencing and understanding our brokenness and our wrong and our sin and our painfulness on the cross, he could hang there and he could say, it's finished, paid in full. I've taken care of it because I've experienced, I've identified, I understand, and now as your sin substitute, I'm going to pay for it on the cross. He took the punishment that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed we're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost and we've all done that, haven't we? We've all wandered off on our own way, done our own thing, gone our own way. And God in his amazing love and grace took all of those sins, past, present, and future, and piled them, everything we've done, no matter what we've done, no matter how bad we've done, on him, on him. That's our Christmas gift from God. So I'd like to try and put that, as you just reflect on that, put that into um, a modern day true story that I think really helps us to identify and understand Jesus' life um, through the life of this person. Joshua is his name. I'll call him Josh. Josh had a rough start in life from the very beginning. This is his life. His parents weren't married when his mom became pregnant with him. 
And so the gossip around town was, do you know who Josh's mom was? Do you know who his dad was? I bet you don't know who Josh's dad was. He was the gossip of town. And then because of taxes, his parents were forced by the government. This is a true story. His parents were forced by the government to leave their home when his mom was just about to give birth to him. So Josh's family um, sought out some relatives in another city, in a distant city, uh, to find a place to crash while Josh was born only to be turned out by those relatives when they arrived who said, we don't have room for you. And so on the, on the, on the eve of her giving birth, they're homeless. Uh, his parents found a place to squat when he was ready to be delivered. And when he was born, though, no family came to visit, no friends Uh, just some strangers who heard, hey, there's a homeless couple that's squatting in this place over there. And and so some strangers dropped by, some local people, some strangers from out of town didn't have anything else to do. Uh, They dropped by. Well, when the government found out where they were squatting, the police were sent to arrest them and to take Josh into CPS custody. Uh, thankfully they were warned by someone and they took off during the night to escape the authorities and, and protect Josh. His family was on the run for more than a year just trying to stay ahead of the authorities. Finally they ended up in a town where they were able to settle but it was on the other side of the tracks uh, like Gorst, right? It's not... No, if you live in Gorse, sorry. Um, So Josh grew up with this stigma that he grew up on the other side of the tracks and and looked down by all the other kids who grew up on the right side of the tracks. He wasn't a great athlete. There was nothing much to look at. And he liked to keep to himself because he was misunderstood. He was a good kid. But because he kept to himself and he grew up bullied. He grew up alone. He grew up being made fun of and the brunt of jokes by the other kids. And, and that's how really Josh's life was up until adulthood. Uh, until finally, the sad end to the story is the, that as an adult, anybody he thought he could call his friend, he was abandoned by them. They left him. And one of his friends, um, for some cash, turned him in to the authorities. He was falsely arrested on some trumped-up charges. He was convicted in a sham trial by a crooked judge and condemned to death. And he was put to death, even though everyone knew he was innocent. The people that charged him, that gave him up, and the judge, an innocent person put to death. Um, what is our response to a story like that? It's like, that's wrong. And I tell you, there's been a lot of times where the young people that I we've spent time with at the coffee is, I said, that's wrong, what they've experienced. 
And this was wrong, what Josh experienced. And you might ask, why am I telling such a hard story at Christmas time? Where is the Christmas hope in this story? Well, the good news is it's, it's not the end of the story. Because this story, it's the story of Jesus. This is, this is Jesus' story put into modern words. This is exactly what happened to Jesus. And it's not the end of the story because like we read in Isaiah 53, the end of the story is that he experienced all this. I mean, God's gift of a savior was for him to experience this brokenness and this wrong and this hurt and this injustice so that identifying with us, he would go to the cross as the only one innocent lamb of God but bearing our sins and experiencing our wrong until ultimately like I said earlier he could say as he hung on the cross and was about ready to die it's finished it's it's paid in full I've taken care of it your sins are taken care of and in me there's freedom and there's life and there's hope and there's deliverance and that's Christmas I mean, Christmas is incredible hope because Christmas is about Jesus. I mean, who would have imagined that 2,000 years ago, this little baby that was born would make such a difference in our lives and in our world? So, this little child...
have come and gone, yet this world remains the same. Empires have been built and fallen, only time has made a change. Nation against nation, brother against brother, men so filled with hatred, killing one another. And over half the world is starving while a banner of decency is torn, debating over disarmament, killing children before they're born. And folks who march to win the right to justify their wrong, every nation that has fallen has fallen from within. Yet in us again to look look at Jesus I pray in a fresh way to follow Jesus and and to worship Jesus he is the most incredible amazing gift that could ever be given let's pray father that's my prayer this morning is that you would open our ears to hear that you would open our eyes to see Jesus to fall in love with Jesus, to want to follow Jesus, to be curious to say, Jesus, who are you? I want to know you if you are this incredible person that Isaiah talked about. God, give us hearts to want to know Jesus, to love Jesus. Amen.